Argonauts, 8-3 over the Ticats after one quarter. Most points the Argos have scored in the first quarter all year. Turned out to be a Chad Kelly touchdown run from one yard out. The Argos went to a different formation, ran their goal line differently, and it worked with a different quarterback. Mix it up a little bit. Ticats now facing a third down and nine from the 36-yard line of the Argos. And small as though there'd be a 43-yard field goal attempt, which would be his longest in the CFL. He's a first-year player, as mentioned, out of Texas A&M. One field goal tonight from 21. And this would be roughly 45. We'll see where they put the block down. And if he misses... Brandon Banks is standing at the back of the end zone. Your thoughts on the first quarter of play, Mr. Rajay? Offense, a bit <clears throat> a bit slow to come out the gate, but grab play by Robbie Smith. I mean, it it's just unbelievable, his development. I thought defense has been light, lights out. Whit McManus has, can't come to play, you know, from the first snap. I thought defense is, you know, carrying the load once again. Offense, once the offense gets rolling, It'll be a much smoother, much cleaner game. But so far, my thoughts are the defense is carrying the Toronto Argonauts right now. Last week, I took that one play, that little middle route, little post pattern to Cam Phillips, who's been quiet tonight so far. So it'll be officially a 43-yard field goal attempt for the Texas A&M product. Speedy's at the back of the end zone. Snap good, hold good, kick is up. It has the leg, and it is good. So it is now an 8-6 lead for the Argos as the first play of the second quarter produces points for the Ticats. Now what would you like to see? You say the offense has to catch up to the defense. What do you want to see them do on this drive as they start it from their own 40? Sustain a drive. Start with one first down and just sustain a drive. And it doesn't have to be, you know, trying to force it, you know, down the middle to Andrew Harris. I know it's it's tough sledding running this ball against you know, Hamilton. It doesn't mean abandon it, but just get creative. And, you know, obviously we talked about it being tough with them seeing what the Argos were able to do last week. But just get, get some drive starters. Easy throws from the club at the Thompson and go Temple. Wide offset eye. And there's a let up the middle. Big hole across midfield to the 50. Kicks it up to the right side of the 45, down to the 43-yard line. I said don't force it to Andrew Harris, but maybe A.J. Ouellette uh, can carry the load a little bit. And that's a great job by Toronto Argonauts. I mean, every time Andrew comes out of the game, it seems like Hamilton is doing some math. And by the time the ball snapped, they have no idea where the ball has gone. 27-yard run for Ouellette. That is the longest rushing play for the Argonauts this season. And he'll stay in the backfield. Three receivers come to the near side, two up top. A little load management for Andrew Harris. And there's Olette again up the A-gap right behind the center, Justin Lawrence. He'll take it down to the 40-yard line for a hard three, second and seven. I just saw you looking for Harris. Yeah, Do you I, see him? I saw him on the training table getting some work, and I think he's in the locker room now. So okay. that's a situation to watch for. Second down and seven from the 40. Three receivers up top. Tommy Neald is in the game. He's a wide out to the near side. He'll now move inside. Gittins is wide to the right. Back to passes. McLeod Bethel Thompson on an in route. Has a man close to first down yardage, but the ball came out. He was looking for Brandon Banks, who was hit immediately. 
And it will be a third down, and we'll see if they'll try Boris on a 47-yarder. And now comes Beatty for the attempted field goal. Going from left to right, these are the uprights that he split on the final play of the third meeting between these two teams a year ago. That was from 51 to win the game. This will be from 47. And Lawrence Woods is back there, leader. I think he's the leader in the CFL in yards, total yards. Haggerty, the punter, is the holder. Maxime Latour is the long snapper. It's up. It is. It's good. And a BD3 increases the lead. It's now 11-6 Argos with 12.45 remaining in the opening half. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. A 47-yarder for Boris Beatty answers the 20, sorry, the 43-yarder by Seth Small. And just like that, the counterpunch works, but some bad news for the Argos. Yeah, Andrew Harris has come back out of the locker room and without his jersey or shoulder pads. So that's definitely not a good sign, a sign that he's not going back in this game at this moment. And now no, he didn't to- take, out the pa- uh, take off the pants yeah. and the sneaker or the, the cleats. Yeah. So there's a chance. It's a chance, but it's Tell very unlikely. It's, <laughs> it's very unlikely. Yeah. It looks like A.J. Ouellette and Olette. And, yeah. and I, I heard it from relatives. Don't say that. Yeah. And Dan Adeboe will get the assignment from here on out. Well, the good thing is the Argos dressed three running backs tonight. Yeah. So, And the fact is they're not needing that position to be a Canadian position, even though Harris is. Right. So it's a first down. Ticats will take it at the room 40 following the field goal. Go play action. Schultz back to pass. Looking over the middle, and it is knocked away. Coming up was Peters to knock it away. Got his hand in front of the intended receiver, Tim White, and it'll be a second down and 10. That would have been good for a first down. Set for the nice play from the Mississippi native, Jamal Peters. Jamal Peters. I mean, it's his second year, but it seems like every week we call his name for a great play, and he does his great job. Tim White has his hands on this ball. He should make this catch, but Peters, aggressive with his hands, playing through the football, gets the pass breakup. Second and 10 from their own 40. Three receivers go up top, two to the near side. Ball on the left hash mark at the 40-yard line. Second and 10. Argos send four. And Schultz gets it away. He gets hit as he throws the football. It's complete and spinning for the first down will be Ungerer. And that will be a first down Hamilton as the Argos bend and break on that play. That's tough because second and long, we talked about this a couple times last week. You want to play in front of the sticks, right? Let them catch the ball in front of the sticks, but hold them, tackle, rally and tackle. And unfortunately, they let... Smith make a couple yep. moves, die for the first down, and he has showed some stuff in the last couple of games. He's a ball player. It was Keandre Smith with that catch. Ball to the 52-yard line, their own. They will go draw play to Jackson. Big hole over the middle to the 45 to the 40. And finally brought down at that point again by Peters. Now Hamilton has got a little drive going off. That's why it's important to make tackles in front of the first set. Nip it in the butt. Now they've got a low momentum. Now they they feel like they can get something going, and it takes something so small, but adds up to something so big. Now Hamilton feels like they can score on this drive. That was Mechie, actually, on the tackle. Give credit to the Guelph product. Brampton zone. 
Ball at the 39-yard line for the Ticats. Double tight ends all of a sudden, and they've got three receivers, all of whom will go in motion from left to right. Argo send five. Back to pass. Schultz going long, going to the post, going to the oh. end zone, picked off in the end zone. But a flag comes out for P.I. It's picked off by Maurice Carnell, the fourth, but the early indication would be P.I. Let's yeah. take a look at the replay and see if that's going to be the call. It was down around the one-yard line. That's tough. That's tough. It looked a bit early from our vantage point. See if we can get the replay up here. House interference, Toronto number eight. Ball we placed at the two yard line. Automatic. First down. Didn't really need it. It was great coverage. It was two guys back there. It looked like really great coverage, but yeah. Yeah, he climbed him. He used his right hand to climb the ladder using the shoulder of Lamar Durant. Didn't really need to do it, but he did it. He got caught. It's a first and goal from the goal from the two-yard line for the Ticats. We'll see if the Argos defense, who have only given up two rushing touchdowns all year, can hold it here. From the two, left hash mark. Everybody's in tight. And Schultz will go to the left side. There's a flag down as he goes into the end zone. Actually, Jamie Newman in at quarterback. Did the Argos line up offside? Offside, Toronto defensive line. They did. So it's a two-yard touchdown for Jamie Newman out of Wake Forest, the 230-pounder, 6-4. And he has given the Ticats a 12-11 lead with the extra point to come. Now we talk about, you know, making tackles uh, in second and and long situations. That's second and ten when... Uh, and when Smith made made the play, caught the ball short, and was able to get that first down, was really what started this drive for the Ticats, and it ends in in seven. And they're going to go for nope. two here. I don't I don't like when teams do this. Chasing it's two, yeah, because if you miss, you end up chasing the point that you gave away. I'd say the same thing for the Argos. Yeah. You know me. I just no, think, yeah, you said yeah. it. You've been consistent with that early in games. They'll put four receivers out to the right side. Jackson is the running back. Play action, rolling to the right, rolling, throws to the end zone, man wide open. They had the play dialed up, and it will be Ungerer this time. And what are you pointing at? Smith again. It was Smith again. Unreal. This guy, that eight and five looking like eight and three. It's, yeah. It's, uh. And we're, we're about 15 (laughs) floors up. But he just, Pee Wee's son, is, is he an Argo killer now? It's, it's unbelievable what he's been doing the last couple games. So they get the two-point conversion, take a three-point lead. It's 14-11. And we'll take the time out. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. 950 remaining in the first half. 14-11 for the Ticats over the Toronto Argonauts. Mike Hogan and the Jay with you here at Tim Hortons Field. As the Ticats reclaimed the lead, they led it 3-0. Argos took an 8-3 lead by the end of the quarter. Argos led 8-6 and 11-6, and now are down 14-11. And we hear on the break that Luca Moya, our op back at the TSN studios, went to high school with Keandre Smith up in Markham. Says he was all right. He was an all right player. (laughs) Oh, I bet Luca was better. (laughs) <laughs> Wait for the kickoff now 
And back for it is Curly Gittins Jr. who will take it at the 15-yard line. Far numbers. Argos moving left to right. Comes across the middle of the field to the 25. Tries to turn the corner and can't, but he'll take it out to the 29. And that's where the Argos will take over first and 10. And Argos offense has got to kick it into into gear now. It's It's been, you know, obviously a, a quarter and a bit. And we... It's, it's time to, to, to kick in the high gear, get some of the, the plays you know are quick starters. But the thing I, I notice about McLeod Beth Thompson, whenever he can get some tempo in, in his offense, that's something that kickstarts him. So, you know, if, if all else fails, tempo works with McLeod Bethel Thompson. Argos 50 yards rushing, 34 passing so far tonight. That's different. Ball at the 30-yard line. Three receivers either side. Bethel Thompson over the middle has a man knocked away. Nice play coming over the middle to knock that away was Richard Leonard. Richard Leonard, great, uh, good DB. He's been for a while working against A.J. Olette. Uh, something you don't see very often, but they're using A.J. And I think that's what they want to do with Andrew, get him out in pass routes and, and, and work against some of these DBs, get him in the ball in different situations. Now A.J. has got to take over that role and, and uh, unfortunately for him, uh, Richard Leonard played that aim-breaking route pretty well. So second and ten from the 30. Ball on the right hash mark. Three receivers to the near side. Tommy Neal, Ambles, and Devaris Daniels. Here comes an all-out blitz. Bethel Thompson reads it, goes the far side, and it wow. is knocked away at the last second. And it will be punting time. Wow, this is almost disastrous. Up and sorry. This is almost disastrous. Hamilton brings the all-out blitz. Tendaya Delicate is coming from a safety position, so he's coming from at least 15 yards away. McLeod Bethel Thompson sees it. AJ Ouellette picks up the first guy, isn't able to. It's a pickup. He, uh, so Tendaya Delicate is the free runner. McLeod Bethel Thompson has to find his outlet there. That's uh, that, that's. Uh, the the snap was a little off by Latour, and the punt is decent down to the 30-yard line. Woods hurdles one potential tackler, takes it out to the 37-yard line for number 37, and Dan Adebaboye was down on the tackle. He's been great on the teams. He's been great on the teams. He's been showed a lot. And sometimes when you're a backup player, that's the best way you can make an impact. Be a star in a row. Dan has done a great job on the team so far this year. His dad is the super fan, heading out to mom and dad. Heading out to Argo practices. They're here tonight. You just look for the sign. Our boy, Dan Adaboboye. So proud. You'd love to see it. First down at the 38.5 for the Ticats, leading 14-11. Blitz the Argos. Schiltz keeps it and will slide forward to the line of scrimmage. Maybe one more, and it will be second down and long. Maybe a yard, maybe half a yard. Interesting play here. It's almost like the Argos knew it was coming. They brought a blitz right into the where the Ticats were, were running their jet sweep and the quarterback run. So perfect defensive call for that play. Sometimes you get lucky, and that was one of them. Perfect call for the perfect play. Second and nine as they mark it just shy of the 40-yard line. 7.52 remaining in the first half. 14-11 for the Ticats. They'll send three receivers to the near side. Ball on the right hash mark. Back to pass. The Shields will dump it out into the flat. Has Jackson. And he will be hit at the 40 and fall forward to the 42. Way short of the first down. And it was Amos in on the tackle. Great job by Amos. And this is what we didn't see on the last drive, right? 
you know, make it, let them catch it short. But you've got to tackle. You've got to make sure to tackle. They don't get any extra yards. And now they're, Hamilton is in a situation where they have to punt the ball back. Tackling is really important on second and long situations especially. And it's Brandon Banks back at his own 20 as Michael Domagala drops back. Gets it away. High. Good kick. Banks goes back to his own 11-yard line near numbers. Spins around, gets off one, but then three more Ticats come down to bring down the former Ticat at the 15-yard line. 6.54 remaining here in the opening half. 14-11 Ticats. You're listening to Argo Football on the home of the Boatman. This is TSN 1050. Ticats leading the Argos, 14-11, 6.54 remaining. So after each team scored with the first three position uh, possessions of the first or second quarter, Hamilton field goal, Argo field goal, Hamilton touchdown and two-point conversion, punt, punt. And we'll see what the Argos can do here. Mack is just four of eight, 50% completion rate, 34 yards. Remarkably, as we have just seven, we're halfway through basically, just past the halfway mark of the second quarter. That's one pass. <laughs> That's one pass. It's been a slow start, but, you know, we talked about McLeod Bethel Thompson. Uh, you know, even when he's not having great games, he can keep you in it, you know, just not turning the ball over. So now he's got to kick it into high gear, you know, open up the offense a little bit more. I love going to Temple. I know I've been calling for it, but I love going for, to Temple because it seems like McLeod Bethel, uh, Bethel Thompson is much more comfortable in that kind of situation. Might kickstart him. Never know. Banks and Neald, and who else do we have there? Ambles and Gittins up top. Damaris Daniels, solo coverage down low. Argos moving from left to right. Back to pass Bethel Thompson. He's going on. He's got Tommy Neal down. To the 50 to midfield, and the Argos have probably doubled, at least, their passing output on the night as the Mac product all the way down to the 51-yard line. Uh Uh-oh. Now he's, now he's limping a little bit. Ah. Uh, Tommy down. All right. His second catch of the night. He's got really good hands. The Mac product. When he was a freshman at McMaster, he's holding his ankle. When he was a freshman at McMaster, we talked about this before, guys who... Oh, oh he stepped on the side. Yeah. Oh, no. He ran out of bounds and over to the side where there's no turf anymore, and that's when he turned his ankle. On the little signage. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. He slipped where there's no... Oh, there it is. Yeah. That's tough. Come on. But you talk about guys who have that one skill. Mm-hmm. Other than Andy Fantuz at, at that level, I can't think of anybody who high-pointed the football better than Tommy Neal. Like, just he would go up and he would go over people, or when the ball was a little high, he would time the jump perfectly. Didn't need to there as he just broke away, got downfield. Max saw him, blown coverage. And just like that, the Argos are in Ticat territory at the 41 as they are still tending to the ankle of Tommy Neal. What a freak injury. Freak injury. After one of his best plays of his CFL career, Longest so one far, for sure. It's uh, it'll be a 44-yard catch, 16 yak yards on that. Solid player, Neil. Though solid player, everybody you talk to in the organization, solid player. Yeah, and well, Nick, he, Nick just tells me he's he's punching the ground, and so it doesn't look good. When he was drafted uh, last year, he was drafted in the fourth round. 
and the Argos had two picks side by each. They had uh, 30 and 32, and they were trying to decide between Trevor Hoyt and Tommy Neal. And Edmonton picked between them. It was 30 and 33. And they picked Neal because Vince Magri had done enough mock drafts yeah. that he thought Edmonton was going to pick a receiver. Yeah. And they did. So by t- taking the receiver, they ended up getting both guys. And that's where the uh, the scouting department research and the mock drafts that they do come in handy. 100%. And he's up walking, and that is really good news. Young player, looking like a player... Yeah. That the Argos, you know, another development, you know, that job that you're excited about because he's been able to step in. Last year he had a start, didn't get much action, but this year he's looked like a different, he's taken to another level, and you'd love to see him continue that up upward trajectory that he's on. He uh, made his debut here last year in the Labor Day Classic, his CFL debut after spending the first bit of the season. Remember, it was a short season last year. Spent the first handful of games on the PR. Argos are going to go to a tight end on the right side. First down from the 51-yard line of the Ticats. Bethel Thompson threw behind the receiver. Yeah. He ran an in, and Mack threw an out, and it'll be second and ten. Yeah, and that's sometimes what happens when you have players going in and out, uh, receivers in, in, in the wrong spots. Maybe the quarterback's not expecting you know, certain, certain breaks at certain times, and that's why it's important to keep guys injury-free. It's tough to do in football, but cohesion is very important. It would be a 58-yard field goal now. There's a little bit of a breeze, and it's behind the Argos' back right now, which is different for this stadium. Ticats send depth. Players from depth. Oh. Mack got drilled as he threw the football, and it's complete down the middle. What a catch. Mark Keith. That was Mark Keith Ambles down inside the 20-yard line to about the 17, a frozen rope as Mack got drilled, and it's a first down. Inside the red zone for the Argos. Hamilton brings a, a, a all-out blitz. It looks like everybody is manned up, one-on-one coverage. Mac gets hit, but is still able to get the ball off to Markeith Amble, who has to adjust and come back to it. Great job hauling that in. Looked like nice a potential job. rough in the passer as well as Mac got hit in the head. First and ten from the 18-yard line. They will go to Olette, who will take it down to the 15-yard line. Short gain on first down. Sets up second and seven. A.J. runs hard. Oh, yeah. He's only 5'9", but he's about 5'9 across. <laughs> and his leg strength. He, uh, he and his wife own a gym back home in Ohio. She's actually a strength and conditioning coach for the Cincinnati Reds now. Wow. The family knows their way around a gym. Oh, yeah. And A.J. is just a beast. 59208 looks for contact too. A first team all Mac running back, a second team all Mac running back. And Mac oh. is looking end zone and he threw deep and speedy ran it out at the goal line. Again, miscommunication. And with 444 remaining, out comes the Argos field goal unit attempting to tie this thing up. Now Argos have been one of the worst teams in the CFL in the red zone. And when you're down there, you know, the little details matter that much more. One misstep one way, and now you see Speedy Banks pointing himself. He may have broken out the route because of the coverage, but one misstep, one miscommunication, now your driver's over and you're settling for three. So, you know, the Argos, you know, they have the players to get it done. They just got to lock in at that part of the field. This will be a 23-yarder from just inside the left hash mark. Maxime Latour is the long snapper. He gets it back to Haggerty. Kick is up. 
It's good. It's a BD3 to tie things up with 422 remaining in the first half. And the Ticats went after it and just didn't get there. So, 422 remain, and we're knotted. I don't think anybody expected this to be a blowout. I think most people would look at this and say, eh, something in the 20s each way, yeah. probably to be expected. And you mentioned the Argos' failures in the red zone, although they did capitalize earlier in this game. Heading into the game, 31.3%, which is not good. Ticats just 33.3. So two teams in the East who have struggled once they've gotten inside the red zone. And for those of you who don't know the term, it just means being inside the 20-yard line, the opponent's 20. Ball at their own 40, and we got movement, and I would assume that's going to be on the Ticats. Oh, yeah. They ran some motion to the top as they move right to left. Offside, Hamilton number 83. Five-yard penalty. Now we get number 83 (laughs) after I've misidentified Keandre Smith a couple of times. David Ungerer was offside. So it'll set up a first and 15. They move it back to their own 35-yard line. Now I'm interested to see if the Argos bring some pressure or not. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Brandon Banks talking about that last pass, one would assume, as they saw something different. Back to pass. Schultz near side has a man on the in route. It is complete to Stephen Dunbar across the 40 to the 42 to set up a a second down and eight. Just uh, three and a half minutes remaining now in the first half. Argos hold here. They get the ball back. Lots of time. Big We always talk about, you know, scoring before half and getting the ball back, doubling up. And the Argos have an opportunity that because they deferred that first, the, the corn toss in the first half. So a big stop here will go a long way to doubling up. Ball on the right, uh, the left hash mark. Oh. And movement again. Did the Ticats jump? Three Argos came across the oh, line yeah. of scrimmage. Procedure. Were they drawn? Hamilton number 64. Yep. Five-yard penalty. Remains second down. That's the Toronto native, Coulter Woodmansey, who was a... OUA All-Star and an All-Canadian with Guelph back in 2019. Ticats have really stocked up on first-rounders. Coulter Woodmansey, Brandon Revenberg, Jesse Gibbon, who's the extra O-lineman tonight. Second down and 13 now from their own 37-yard line. Big play for the Argo defense right now. Ball on the left hash mark. Three receivers up top. Two to the near side. Deep drop by Schiltz. Comes to the near side. He's got Dunbar tackled immediately at the 43. And they're going to rule it incomplete? No, it is a catch, but at the 44. So it will be six yards needed on third down. And the Argos will get the ball back as the punt unit comes out for Hamilton. We'll take the timeout. 2.49 left. So we've hit the three-minute warning. Argos and Ticats are tied at 14. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. And it's a big game. 2.49 remaining here in the first half. Mike Hogan and the always excitable Natea J <laughs> in the broadcast booth at Tim Hortons Field last night, or tonight. And uh, let's see what we got here. We got Brandon Banks back at his own 19-yard line. Michael Domagala, the Carlton product, stands back at his own 30. Gordon White snapping the ball, the Toronto native. I think he played for the Junior Argos. Oh, 
He's coming for your job. My former <laughs> broadcast partner, Sandy Annunziata, has weaseled his way into the broadcast booth. Somebody who knows this rivalry fairly oh, well, yeah. growing up on the peninsula and playing for the Argos. 2000 to 2004? 99 to 2004. Winning a Grey Cup in Toronto, and then the next year, winning one with Ricky Ray in Edmonton. Argos... Back with Brandon Banks, a high wobbler. Corkscrews down to the 26-yard line. Banks makes one Uh-oh. miss, and he takes it to the 30. To the 35, he's got the sideline across the 40 to the 42-yard line, and the Argos will take over. First and 10, tied up at 14 with 236 remaining in the first half. Now, every time the ball comes Brandon's way, you know he wants to make something happen, especially being back in his old building. And he was close there, one more block, and you never know, but... Speedy Banks is starting to look like his old self, slowly but surely. A good series last time. Mack had 34 yards passing going into it. He's got 111 now. They didn't cap it off with a touchdown, though. We're tied at 14. Ball at the 42-yard line, right hash mark. Olette in for the injured Harris. Oh! And he just got drilled in the backfield. There was a run blitz, and I think that's the first play Simone Lawrence has made all year. <laughs> He has tackles and nothing else. That's a tackle for a loss and his 22nd of the season. Welcome back, Simone Lawrence. We haven't heard his name called a lot, especially coming back last week, but he makes his presence felt there, shooting the gap and tackling A.J. Olette right as he gets the ball in his hands. Like, you expect him to make plays. He has five special, or so he's played five games, 21 tackles, no picks, no sacks. Weird. No forced fumbles, no fumble recoveries. Ticats in a 30 front. They drop everybody else back, and they still get the Mac. And he is going to try and get rid of the football, and he does to Olette to the 45 to the 47. Wow. Mac was hopping around on one foot and got the ball out across the 45 to the 47. It'll still be a punt situation for John Haggerty, but there's the strength of McLeod Bethel Thompson. That's usually dangerous when a quarterback is hopping around, doesn't know who's around him, but he's able to make something happen finding A.J. Olette. And AJ almost picking this first down up. It would have been improbable, but you know, heads up play by him, keeping himself alive and making this punt a little bit easier. Haggerty leading the league at 48-7 has averaged 49-7 tonight on three punts, and he just drills one, looking for the corner, and it's going to hit at the 10 and scoot out a bounce wow. inside the 10. His seventh inside the 10 this season. And when you think of a guy who leads the league in distance, you don't always think of him also leading the league in outs inside the 10. And they're going to mark it at the 8-yard line with a minute 44 left. So time for the Argos to maybe, maybe get the ball back. They'll officially mark it at the 7. What a kick. Yeah, you talked about him in the preseason and having conversations with him. He never kicked on this kind of field with this kind of ball, so he was trying to get his his uh, navigation system out to find the out-of-bounds, but he looks like he's got it. Argos line up in a 30. Jagera Davis started at depth and now finds his way up to the defensive end spot. Quarterback draw, and it'll get out to about the 13-yard line. So, Schultz gets about halfway there, and with a minute 39 left, the Ticats face a big second and five, and I would assume they will try to take a lot of time off the clock. Do you consider taking a timeout if you're Dinwiddie? Yeah, I would. I would save as much time 
uh, as possible. But you know what? If you stop him here, you're probably getting the ball in tight cat uh, zone, uh, really close to field goal range anyway. So it might not be as important, but you know, I would, I would want to save as much time as possible. Down to six seconds on the 20-second clock. Ticats end up with three receivers on the near side. Schultz back to pass, comes near side with a flag down, and it's incomplete looking for Tim White. What's the flag? Oh, this is huge. This Somebody is huge moved, call. I would assume, because the two side judges each threw Offside. a flag. Hamilton number one. Yeah. A penalty is declined. Third down. And it stops the clock. Massive. The inter- incomplete pass. So a minute 16 left. The Argos will probably have about a minute left, a little bit more, after this play is run. And Brandon Banks had a nice return the last time out. Almost squeezed through for an exceptionally long return. The last one was 17. And he'll stand close to midfield. And Dom Gallo will stand at his own goal line. He might give up two here. Uh, they be in, they, 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 they will be in BD field goal range. Yeah, teams have stopped doing this as much. Yeah, I think they're going to give it up. I don't know. Because I, I saw the special teams coordinator know. saying blue. Oh, no, They're going to kick it. And it's not bad. Banks will take it right at midfield to the 50, to the 46. And he'll dive forward to get the extra yard. And with a minute eight remaining in the first half, the Argos are last play with a little bit of a breeze. Like barely the telltales are moving. Already in the field goal range. Yeah. It'd be 53. Yeah, that's why that second second down play was so big. Because, you know, you give up a first down there, time runs down, and, you know, potentially don't get a scoring opportunity. Bethel Thompson, 7 of 13, 119 yards. No TDs, no picks. He'll go in the pistol. He's got A.J. Olet in for the injured Andrew Harris to his left. Back to pass. He's going to look long down the rail for Speedy B, who's knocked over. There's wow. an interception and no flag. And picking it off Wait. was Siante Evans. Dinwiddie's already challenged it. The flag is already out from Dinwiddie, and a flag comes out at midfield afterwards for some extracurricular stuff. Speedy Banks ended up on his rear end, and Dinwiddie threw it immediately. There was definitely contact as a second flag comes out at midfield. They've got to watch these flags now because this can potentially help Hamilton get in field goal range or vice versa the Ticats are getting Micah Johnson off the field like three teammates came out to get him Tom Valesi and crew are talking things over and they're also going to have to take a look to see if it was P.I. Nick tells me I don't know if it was incidental contact or not that's a tough one because I didn't see any 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 oh and ladies and gentlemen an Argo Ticat game has broken out and another flag comes out and I'll bet that's on Speedy B he came out without his helmet on and went and started chirping at a tie cat. That is not smart. And now Speedy's going, what did I do? Well, it's, gonna, a, it's gonna, officially gonna, Argos tie cats game now, right? Drive, this, is, this is when it starts. This is going to drive Dinwiddie insane. I would not want to be in film <laughs> when they look at that. Like, that's a Sandy Annunziata thing to do, right? Eh, no comment. Sandy, the old old lineman. I can say that now. You're an old, old lineman. A little snow on the I roof, think... buddy. 
fouls on the play. Oh, here we go. Two on Hamilton, one on Toronto. Toronto is also challenging for pass interference. We're going to review the play. Okay, but who are the misconduct penalties on? I guess they'll have to do this later. Okay, Nate, we're going to get a look at the replay, I would hope, at this stage. Ryan Dinwiddie not at 500 in terms of success on challenges. He's challenged the spot a couple of times, which has hurt his success rate. Okay. I think they've already decided because Hamilton's offense is on the field, and Steinhauer told his defense to get off the field. So they, Well, they've it, decided. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. It's it's not enough, I don't think. There was think. contact, but it didn't look like Both much. ways. Yeah, maybe. Man fighting. And it's not. Siante didn't go out of his way to forcibly push Speedy Banks down. He was trying to sell it a bit there. All of, the, all of the flags afterwards are going to be post-possession. Yeah. So it'll be Hamilton ball, and they'll move back fifth, move back 10. It would have been 20, except Brandon Banks came out with the late one. He'll get one. I assume Micah Johnson will get one. And I don't know who the second one was. Maybe both are on Johnson the way that his teammates went out. And if that's the case, he done. That would be speculation from up here. But the way that his teammates were reacting, yeah, they wanted to get Micah out of there in a hurry. But Brandon Banks you back think, in. You think Brandon, Brandon's uh, flag was a little bit of frustration? Yeah. the way this game has been going and how yep. he probably wanted it to go? Yep. And he's still over there chirping like his teammates have Uh-oh. to get over there and get him out of this, there. This, this, this challenge looks good. The Argos are coming out onto the field offensively now. Here's Tom Valesi. Could be good news. After review, we have pass interference. Hamilton number seven. Yikes. The ball we spot at the 22-yard line. We then apply a 10-yard penalty. But we don't know who the penalties are against in terms of the misconducts, which comes out. We'll see if Micah Johnson's on the field or if he's on the sideline. He's on the field. Yeah, he is right, right at the nose. So both weren't on him. Not much we know. So when all is said and done, it should be a first down at the 12-yard line for the Argonauts. So they're in the red zone again. They're one for two in there tonight. This has been a weird game, but it's Hamilton and <laughs> Toronto. It's supposed to be. Now we talked about Toronto doubling right up, right? Scoring before half and getting the ball back after half and potentially scoring there. Could Just be tuning a big in. Big shift in the game. 57 seconds left in the first half. We're tied at 14. Argos with the ball in the middle of the field at the 12-yard line. Back to pass for Club Bethel Thompson. Has some time. Flag down. Thompson down. I assume this will be a hold against the Argonauts as the Packers sent four. And that will push the field goal attempt back should they not be able to convert. And again, this is got not good news for the Argo red zone percentage. They are one for two tonight. Major foul. Face mask. Oh. Toronto number 54. Okay. After the play. That penalty will be applied at the end of the play. It'll be second down. Wow. Justin Lawrence is the center, so they will get the sack and they'll get the face mask. That hurts. And second down from the 33, 32-yard line. The good news is they're in field goal range. The bad news is they got a long way to go. They've got to get to the two-yard line. They're at the 32-yard line. I don't know how many plays you have in a playbook for second and 30. Yeah, this might be a play just to get in better field goal situation. 
Back to pass, Bethel Thompson's four-man rush. Pressure again, and he just throws it at the feet of an offensive lineman. Is that going to be a roughing the passer, or is that going to be grounding, or is that going to be both? Oh. And now we've got a defensive lineman who is really not happy right now. That's Dylan Wynn. He put his body weight on the cloud. Bethel Thompson drove it into the ground. I wouldn't be surprised if passing the uh, roughing the passer. Roughing the passer. Hamilton, number 98. 15-yard penalty. Automatic. First down. I think Hamilton could make, unless there was a receiver somewhere in that area, they could probably challenge for grounding as McLeod was about to get hit by Dylan Wynn, and he just got rid of the football. And I didn't see anybody in the area. Maybe A.J. Olette, who was held up as he got out. Yeah, Olette was yeah, close no, that's, enough. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's definitely rough in the past where he put his entire body weight on him. And Olette was hidden behind one of the receivers, and Orlando Steinauer is out on the field, and he's not happy. Has he thrown a challenge flag? Or is he just mad? He has, and the challenge flag went all the way out to midfield. It is between the hash marks. <laughs> That's a good arm. Orlando is not happy. He's challenging the ruling of roughing the passer. We'll review the play. Okay. What do you think? We'll take, put a, it, we'll take we'll take the poll yeah. up here. He put his entire body weight on him. It's, it's he he could have avoided that. So that's what they're calling. Sandy Anunziata, former offensive lineman, you're in the club. He just said a really bad <laughs> word. Are you saying that's a rough hit? Yeah, he's he's saying, oh yeah, that's it. And he says there's not enough to overturn it. And. He hit him right in the strike zone. He hit him like it wasn't a low yeah, hit. It wasn't a high hit. That other angle wasn't as bad as the, the and one he, he had. Threw, he did throw him to the ground, as you say, with full weight, but it was shoulder on sternum sort right. of thing. Yeah, so they, we'll see if it's overturned. That is a huge penalty because it gives it would give the Argos a first down. There's still 47 seconds remaining here in the first half, which is tied at 14. This, by the way... It's the second of four games in five weeks. <laughs> and we've already seen it get nasty here in the last minute or so. Here's Tom Valesi. After review, the ruling on the field stands. So the Tie Cats have lost their challenge and lose a timeout. <laughs> so the Tie Cats now have no challenges left and one timeout remaining. And the Argos have a first down. At the 17-yard line, 47 seconds left, clock stopped. Three receivers to the near side. Olette in for the injured Harris. Two receivers up top. Bethel Thompson under a four-man rush. Goes to the end zone. Fade route, bottom corner, Ah. no. He was looking for Markeith Ambles. Sorry, Dejan Brissett, who has replaced Tommy Neal, who was shaken up. I don't know if you heard that in the background. <laughs> but there's a Hamilton fan sitting below us, and she's not happy with that call. Not in the least Or bit. lack of same. <laughs> Second down and 10 from 17. Ah, Argo Ticat games. They bring out the best in folks. Three receivers to the right, two up top. Brandon Banks, single coverage. No safety deep on that side of the field. Bethel Thompson comes to the near side. Short one, it's caught underneath by Ambles and it will be short of the first down and the field goal unit trots out with 37 seconds left and they can run this down to 17 and kick the field goal 
to try and leave Hamilton as little time as possible on the clock. Beatty tonight, good from 23, good from 47. And this will mean the Argos tonight, one of three from the red zone. Chad Kelly with the Argos' only touchdown tonight. A one-yard touchdown run, the Argos' first rushing touchdown of the year. This will be from 19 yards, just inside the right hash mark. Maxime Latour is the long snapper. John Haggerty, the punter, is the holder. Snap good, hold good, kicked up, and with a flag down, oh yeah, it's good. And what's this one for? It's got to be some sort of leveraging or hitting this, Did they the pyramid? long snapper. Yeah. You can't touch the long snapper, and you can't jump you on a teammate. And we saw a pyramiding call last night. Yep. Definitely. Santos Knox is upset. There's Tom Belesi. Hamilton, number 11, pyramiding. Oh. Half the distance. It'll be a first down. Cameron Kelly. There you go. Sam linebacker. Oh, the Hamilton fans are happy right now. <laughs> this is going to take it down to the six-yard line. It's a first and goal with 16 seconds left. The Argos can potentially run three plays from here with the clock stopped. And they have the time. Oh, that won't really matter unless they gain fewer than six yards and don't get out of bounds. So we'll see what they have here. Ambles and Gittins go wide to the left. Daniels banks to the near side. Back to pass Bethel Thompson. Goes to the end zone. Yeah. Cut for the touchdown. And it's Tavares Daniels with his first catch of the night. Argos get to the end zone and take a 20-14 lead. This was a great ride by Tavares Daniels. Fakes like he's going to the flat. Breaks it back towards the middle. One step ahead of the defense. On target throw by McLeod. Bethel Thompson touchdown. Toronto Argonauts. Thing of beauty when it works perfectly. That's a contested catch for Tavares. Good defense by Seattle Evans. Seattle Evans was all over him. But in these kind of games, it's going to be tight. But who can execute the the best? And DeVaris Daniels does right there for the Argos. He had that amazing catch at this side of the field last year at the goal line right at the the, uh, pylon for a touchdown from Mack. And now Boris Beattie in to try the conversion. One of one tonight. Snap and hold it good. Gets it up. Yahtzee. 12 seconds left, and the Argos increase the lead to 21-14 on the Bethel Thompson to Daniels touchdown pass. This has been an interesting game. Is that fair? Yeah, to say the least. Okay, the misconduct penalties, by the way, were on. Roughness general, roughness general, penalty roughness general. I don't even, they don't even have the names out here. So I don't know. <sighs> it's one of those nights. So the Ticats will be back. We'll try and get that sorted out at halftime, who the misconduct penalties were on. They didn't announce it. We assume the Toronto one was on Banks. We assume Micah Johnson of Hamilton had one. Beattie tees it up at the 30-yard line with 12 seconds left. And the dangerous Woods is back for the Ticats. And he'll take it in the end zone three yards deep and return it 5-10-15. He will kick it outside and be tackled at the 20-yard line. Nice job downfield by Eli Menser. 
And the Argos will probably be able to go to the locker room up seven as the Ticats are back at their own 20-yard line with seven seconds left. I would doubt they will try to air it out. But Orlando Steinauer is not in a pleasant mood right now. Oh, boy. They're just going to take the knee. You know, usually when you listen to the Hamilton postgame show on the radio, it takes the third caller before they complain about the officiating. <laughs> Tonight, number one with a bullet. Oh, yeah. We've hit halftime. One more play as the uh, Ticats are just going to take another knee. And the Argos are going to go to the break, leading 21-14. And the Hamilton fan base is not happy. Oh, no. We have a lot to talk about. We'll come back and review it when we come back. This is Argo Football on TSN 1050.